Bamo Miami. Bamo Miami. Bamo Miami. I gotta say, man, if we haven't done it yet, I think someone just drove off the road. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, or they're not going to be able to hear for the rest of their life. I'm not Uh, sure which one it is. I hope hope no one, like, jerked the wheel and just crashed. (laughs) If there were any senior citizens listening to that, we do apologize, but... Wow, I think we saw the most epic Instagram video that there was. So big, big shout out to Lucho, who is a big supporter of the podcast. And man, you, you, you've had us laughing for literal days, brother. Days. It's been absolutely nuts. I think I've shown it to probably 50 people. So it's a little bummer that thing hasn't gone viral because, man, I think we still cry when we see that. It literally only gets better the more that you watch it. It like, does. It, it just, I was, I don't even know if you could hear me. Like, I could not stop laughing because I kept watching it at my desk during work. Like, I literally <laughs> could not stop laughing. People were looking at me and I'm just, I, I don't know what else to do, man. Like, it, it's tough because I've tried to show it to people and they're just like, I, I don't get it. We're it's like, cl- we are clearly the only two people who find that funny, but yeah. it was outrageous. And probably all the listeners don't even know what the hell we're talking about right now. But that's why you got to follow our man Lucho. You got to follow Lucho Vice, man. Uh, we're going to have to get clearance to, to share that on our pages. Oh, we're going to have to get uh, his authorization to do that because it is it is truly epic, especially especially if you're an Inter Miami fan. But welcome, everyone. <laughs> we're going to try our best to hold it together. Um Welcome to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside Mr. Alex Papa George. We do apologize to the slight delay. Life happens. We had some scheduling issues, but we're back at it. Have a quite a bit of topics to cover. Uh, if you don't already, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Inner Miami Podcast and also Twitter at InterMIA Podcast. We also have a website. It's InterMiamiPodcast.com and you can shoot emails if you prefer to jay and alex at intermommypodcast.com doesn't matter if it's email or dm we get back with the fans we interact we are watching your stories to find the little golden nuggets <laughs> that make us smile and make our days brighter how are you doing bud i'm doing fantastic bud that 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 video has brought a smile to my face since saturday it's night my smile man. on my face but as jay said go ahead and follow us on the social channels twitter's heating up man twitter's heating up got a bunch of new followers we're chit chatting we're tweeting it up big shout out iggy john the whole crew max all those guys who have been with us since day one so big big shout out uh if you haven't done so already tell your friends enter miami two-game winning streak, the first ever winning streak of the franchise. If that's not news to talk about, I simply just don't know what is. But you know, Jay, it's funny enough, man. I get a lot of messages like, hey, love the pod. How can I help spread awareness? All you got to do is when we post on social, when a new episode releases, go ahead and take a quick little screenshot and share that baby on your social media. That's it. And if you do feel so inclined to, Five stars is cool, too. We like five stars. Five stars is awesome. Big shout out to our homie who got us up to 60. So we appreciate it. We're a bit fired up as everybody else is. But uh, Jay, let's get cracking, baby. 
I don't even care. You don't even have to write anything on on a review. Just give us a big bomb on me. Bomb on me. That's all we want. It's um. Oh man, it's so good to be back. We are. This might be the most fun we've had making any episode. Just as we can't stop laughing and thinking about that. This video. might be the most fun we've had with our clothes um, on too. Yeah. So let me just try and regain focus and act somewhat professional for our, our, our listeners out there. Uh, wanted to give a big, big shout out to Franklin Renwick Jr. and his wife, Cindy Renwick. Uh, they are authors, uh, new authors down here in South Florida. They are fans of the podcast and fans of Inner Miami as well. Uh, they just came out with a new book, and Franklin actually uh, mailed us a copy, signed a copy for our security guard who goes by the name Quinn, who's about three and a half years and probably 40 pounds of straight energy. Uh, awesome book. It is titled Fly Mingo. That's Mingo with two O's. Fly Apostrophe Mingo, The Adventures of Franklin the Flamingo. They launched in March. It's available at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, iTunes, and Kobo. Again, they're first-time authors. Great uh, children's book. They're looking to inspire children to dream big. Has some good lessons about safety uh, in there as well. Uh, beautifully illustrated, great landscape of South Florida. And their motivation uh, is, you know, to push this community uh, into a better direction and, and inspire younger children. So big, big shout out to Franklin. I uh, opened it, read it that night with Quinn, my son. He loved it. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, so big, big shout out. Buy the book, support the community. They love us. Website is franklintheflamingo.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram at Franklin the Flamingo 2019. Check it out. Thank you so much, Franklin. It was a very sweet gesture and a great book that my son loved. Big shout out, Franklin. I know Quinn enjoyed reading that to Jay, but if you, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you are interested in copping a copy, do not forget that N in Fly Mingo because you're going to get the Fly Migos and we can't promise you what's going to happen. But Big grip. Big grip, big grip, <laughs> big grip, water. <laughs> but tons to get into the podcast today. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, so we do apologize. But we got two games to cover on a little bit of a renewal standpoint. And then we have a preview of, wow, go figure, Atlanta United. They're back in our world. Shocker. Do we have to do a preview? We've done it three times prior. You're right. There is a couple <laughs> news, though, that I did want to share. So stay with us into the final little bit of the podcast. But... You know, we did have a game on Saturday night. And, you know, Jay, before we kind of just get into everything, man, you know, I've always found it crazy in South Florida, the fact that, you know, it can be raining on this side of the street and then just, just across the road, you know, totally fine. Yeah, that's that's just traditional South Florida weather right there, bud. Um, never a dull day. But yeah, we, we had the rain delay and it looked horrible at the stadium. Again, I don't know, how, how far is my house from the stadium? Maybe two miles, maybe less than that, that. and yeah. it was it looked it looked fine out of our back window. It looked honestly like a like a pretty nice day. So, uh, yeah, been uh, it seems like every game there's something new for this for this team to overcome. Uh, but big shout out just for uh, you know staying persistent. Uh, we do have quite a bit to cover though, and there's a, a third game that uh, we missed as well as far as episode, which was the NYCFC game. You're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, we're going to jump into it here. We got a bunch to talk about uh, really to kind of get into it. You know, 
Gotta tell you, Jay, our, 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 our playoff hopes were dwindling as of a few weeks ago. Shoot, man, we had the biggest signing in MLS history miss his first PK, put the whole community on notice. Rodufo Pizarro joins the Mexican national team. So, oh yeah, goodbye. And oh yeah, we have to wait for him to go through his quarantining on the way back to the MLS. Six players injured, one player suspended. And like we just touched on, Pizarro was on international duty. Oh yeah, not to mention one of the six players that was injured was actually our starting goalkeeper and captain, Luis Robles, who suffered a fractured arm. Is it his arm or his elbow? His forearm. His forearm. So he will be out in Definitely, there's no real timetable for his return, but the good news is, is that the surgery was successful, um, which is something that we all look for on really kind of a first glance. Yeah, I mean, get well soon. Uh, Louis, um, we've had you on twice, man. We, we, we love you. You've, you've been a supporter of the pod since day one. Uh, massive inspiration, captain of the team, uh, incredibly, incredibly great human, uh, also happens to be very talented uh keeper as well so get well soon we will anticipate your return and uh we 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 want you back but to be fair mccarthy's been playing great you know in his absence which which we're going to get into in a little bit more detail john has been playing phenomenal and yes we are going to talk more about his last two starts for our club because it has been nothing short but fantastic i mean kept a clean sheet on our last match against the houston dynamo which is always something that you look for but you know, we have a lot of updates to get around the team and then get into a little bit more of a game analysis and then a preview of ATL and then even a look around the league on what's all happened over the last about like, I'd say about two weeks or so since the last time we were on the mics. But there was some pretty cool news. I know Jay and myself get pretty hyped on this every single year, but the new FIFA just came out as of October 9th, and I gotta tell you, it is a banger of a game. The gameplay is different, but it is something that was needed and much welcome. Just as a kind of a little fun, little cool little recap, there was a top, the top 10 MLS players in the game in actually ascending to descending order was Gonzalo Higuain, Carlos Vela, Blaise Matuidi, Josef Martinez, Nani, Christian Pavone, Alejandro, Puzello, Diego Valeri, Chicharito, and Nicolas Lodero from the Seattle Sounders. So those were the top 10 MLS players in the game. Go ahead, have fun. I know Jay and I have been ripping a bunch of MLS FIFA. Not really, just a couple. But a few notables on the Inter-Miami club. Gonzalo Higuain is overall 83 and actually the top-rated MLS player in the entire game. Blaise Matuidi is sitting at 83 as well, and he's actually uh, right behind Carlos Vela as number three. A few other notables. Pizarro is 76 overall. Luis Robles is 73 overall. And Nicolas Fagal is 73, rounding off the top five for our club bud there we go man and my pro clubs professional is a spinning image of david beckham identical i would say he is quite a beautiful specimen 
Uh, <laughs> so yeah, get, get on that. We're gonna have fun with that. Uh, we've had some fun games with the fans. Uh, we also do have that uh, FIFA 20 group. We're gonna have to rebrand it FIFA 21 for any of the Inter Miami fans that want to get down. We do run tournaments occasionally. It is some good fun. But let's jump into uh, some news around the team. Not so much Inter Miami because while they have been trending up, it seems. Fort Lauderdale CF has trended downward, losing their last three games. Uh, on Wednesday, September 30th, they lost 3-2 to two to Union Omaha. That Saturday, October 3rd, they lost 3-0 to zero to North Texas. And then on Friday, which would be October 9th, they lost 4-1 to one against New England 2 so a little bit of struggles from our USL League One team. I'm sure they'll be able to get it turned around. Uh, they've honestly had a, a really you know decent season, being a you know an expansion team into that league uh, as well. So stay tuned. There will be bigger things to come out of there. There are a few players that we do have our eyes on that we wouldn't mind seeing uh, getting called back up. We actually did mention uh, McCoon was sent there on loan and actually ended up getting a start. Uh, with Inter Miami, the MLS team, on that Wednesday game against Houston. So it looks like he's no longer there, or maybe he'll go back. I'm not sure, but it's good to see him progress and get back to the team because we were down eight bodies for that Houston game. And that, that was a tough game. It really was. It was. And we're going to get into what those bodies look like. It feels like a body count, honestly, at the end of the day. But luckily for us, things are turning around and people are getting healthy. And those people who needed to step in and play a big role are stepping in and playing a big role, which is phenomenal. We might have some new starters on the team. I'll tell you what, man, the uh, the backups, the reserves, they, they played very well in the absence of all these players, which we will you know, get into uh, here shortly. Where are we currently standing in the table, bud? Oh, man, this is some hot news, man, especially with our game right around the corner against Atlanta United. We are sitting right now a spot below Atlanta United in the Eastern Conference. Now, what does this mean? A tie, not going to help us out as much. A win, going to help us out a ton. It would be tremendous. Uh, when he says spot, he means one point away. So we are, you know, literally, uh, we're right there. We are, um, what is that, 12th out of 14, and we only need to get to 10. So in theory, if we can beat Atlanta United, we will jump above Nashville and Atlanta to be in playoff potential spots. Uh, depending on how Chicago goes, Chicago FC's game, we could actually be above them. The notable thing here is that while basically almost every team except for Columbus, Orlando, and Nashville, those teams have all played 16 games where every other team in the Eastern Conference has played 17. So we're not exactly sure where Nashville sits. If they lose, they're going to stay at 18. If they draw, they'll be at 19. If they win, they'll be at 21. But what is good news is that we're going against Atlanta United, who we've beat twice and, and drawn against once. And this is a team that's struggling. Uh, I've given my condolences to their team, to their fan base many times. If there's any team that feels anything similar to how we have felt through the season, it's Atlanta United. But it's a good game to win, get us in to uh right or you know if we're not in, in in that playoff spot we'll be right around there and then we do have a somewhat favorable schedule given the way we've played recently 
where I think it is very realistic and very probable that we make the playoffs in our first year. Let's don't jinx anything. Jay, you're a big superstition type of guy, so let's go, go ahead and do that. We've been playing pretty damn well, and there's no reason to screw that up now. But as Jay said, you know, we were looking at the schedule before jumping on the podcast, and really there's four probable winnable games. And the two that are going to be a huge challenge for us are obviously going to be Toronto. We're going to talk about them a little bit more. But uh, fun fact, Toronto FC was the first team in the MLS to uh, hatch a playoff berth. So that happened over the weekend. So the first team in the playoffs and also Orlando City, which is going to be a great game. We all know what happened last time in Orlando. Some of us were there. I know Jay and myself were there. So we're we're really looking forward to seeing that matchup again and get them back down here to South Florida. Yeah, it's our revenge game to their revenge game to our revenge game from our first game at the MLS's back tournament in Orlando. But we do have some teams where I really think we can pull out wins. We got Atlanta United. We got Montreal Impact. Orlando City, I think we can come back and get the win. FC Dallas will be uh, a tough one. But if we win that, that's big, big, big. Toronto SC, you know, if I'm going to be realistic, I'm going to have to chalk up a loss out of, out of some of these games. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and concede that one. And then we'll finish out the season against Cincinnati, who uh, has been one of the struggling, you know, lower tier teams in the eastern side. So the path is there, bud. The path is there. We just have to find a way to execute and, and keep improving every game because we're getting better and better. The f- I love one huge aspect about our remaining schedule. FC Cincinnati, Montreal, and Atlanta United. I'm, I'm going to leave FC Dallas out of this, but those are all teams that we're going to be competing with for the final couple of slots in the playoffs. So those are absolutely immense games and you know we've been doing a phenomenal job about this but you know I know that when Jay and I watched the game against Houston we were a little bit on the edge thinking like ah like let's don't get a tie let's go out and get these wins and I think that's the big distinction that we need to make ties are not they're not going to be as cool for us right now I think ties were enough in the early parts of the season but we're coming down to the playoff run not only are points important but it's also the quality of play on the pitch and if we're winning games chances are we're playing pretty damn well yeah, I mean, without a doubt, we, we, we keep getting better every and every game, and it's nice to see we're finally starting to see what this team, you know, had what the capacity was, and we're, we're starting to meet those expectations. Now, there are obviously many days of the week, and there are, you know, times where Inter-Miami's playing, and there's also times where Inter-Miami's not playing and other teams are playing. Well, what's interesting is basically this whole bottom half of the Eastern Conference table is separated by nine points. And we're talking way down from last spot, DC United with 11, all the way up to Montreal with 20. And then everyone's pretty close. So if, if Inter Miami is not playing, but you see MLS on TV, you might want to pay attention mm-hmm. to the DC United games, the FC Cincinnati, uh, Nashville SC, Atlanta United, Chicago Fire, Montreal Impact. I'm not saying be a scumbag, but you know, you can definitely crack a smile if they lose. Yeah, well, don't cheat on us with any other team. But, hey, we can always hope for someone else to fail. <laughs> but, uh, okay. but no, we have a pretty favorable schedule remaining on our slate, which we can be thankful for. It could be a whole lot brutal. So, um, you know, I guess outside. We got lucky we're not playing Columbus. Let's just say it right now. I mean, hey, thank the, the football gods. Yeah, you know, I think the football gods taught us something early on in the schedule when they gave us that gauntlet to kind of get going. You know, obviously, D.C. United's fallen a little bit off the tracks, which we'll get to a little bit later. Later, But, um, yeah, it's, it's a totally winnable remaining schedule. We do have six games on the slate. So 
The good news, Jay, is that we got reinforcements, bud. We do have reinforcements. Uh, but before we go here, let's go ahead and shout out our buddy Lee Wynn, who Ooh. we we traded away back to you know the club where he really made a name mm-hmm. for himself, New England Revolution. And this past game, man, he played great. He had a, a, an assist. He had a goal. Um, Lee, I know I miss you, buddy. And and I think I can speak for Alex when, when we both miss you. And, and our fan base loves you. So we understand the team's strategy on this. It's great to see you do well. And we hope for all the future success. Unless you're, of course, playing in Miami, which, uh, you know, well. Be competitive there, but yeah. Well, we hope you lose. We yeah, just being realistic. But the the reinforcements you uh, you happen to mention, tell them this is kind of uh, we're not Philadelphia, but it is it is might be the city of brotherly love down here now. Hey, I like what you did right there. Also, also Jay, fun fact: Lee Wynn was on the team of the week in the MLS. So he was playing center midfielder on that team that they went ahead and rewarded. So big shout out Lee, um, you know, best of luck in your future endeavors, but Jay did touch on it Inter Miami or as we may deem it South Florida is new, the new brother of city of love, man. Inter Argentina, Inter Argentina. <laughs> well, Mr. Gonzalo Iguain, fresh off the airplane said, Hey bro, it's like, come join me in South Florida, man. Come on down. And, and Federico, his brother, was actually a player coach there. So, uh, like, I, how many how many hours after it became official was he like, yo, I'm, 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 I want to transfer right now? This is news that was already formulating huh. before Gonzalo came on our team. I, that I promise you. Now, the craziest part about this whole thing where he was probably like, dude, it's October. It's about to be November. It's going to be December. You're up in D.C. You know what I'm talking about? The weather a little bit different down here. It's cold. It is. We're it is very cold. closer to mom and dad down here, too. Hey, hey, wherever you can get it. But, no, Federico, uh, Federico, uh, Federico Iguain is officially on Inter-Miami. So, welcome to the team. Federico. You know what's interesting here? What huh. I really love what's is up? that they interviewed Federico after Gonzalo Higuain's free kick, Screamer, which we're going to cover in a bit. Um, and he smirked at them. He's like, there, there is so much more behind that. Just wait. <laughs> like, you don't even understand yet. Just wait for all the goals he's going to be dropping. He's basically saying that, that that was child's play. God, imagine that family just growing up. Big shout out to the parents for just doing it right. There's some good genes involved with there. I don't know what my and parents And big shout doing, out to the River Plate Academy <laughs> of Argentina for developing some great players that we can snag later in their careers. Yeah. Keep it up, guys. Keep it doing. Be a little pipeline down here in South Florida. But Iguain does, or I guess I got to actually Federico. say Federico Iguain. He joins the team as a CAM for you. For for you math, I don't even know, Jay. I was going to say mathematicians because I love when you do quick math. but loving individuals. (laughs) It stands for center attacking midfielder. Federico does join us, as Jay mentioned, from being more of a player's coach in D.C. United. He has 61 goals, 68 assists, and is 217 total MLS games. He spent... The majority of his career, I believe it was up in Columbus before he zipped on over to D.C. United. Yep. Uh, he's a 35-year-old. Obviously, he's Argentinian. If he's the brother of Iguain, same last name, you get it. But we talked about it. He had an eight-year stint in the Columbus crew, got moved over to D.C., and bada-bing, bada-boom, down, he's down here in South Florida. So 
A lot of people are wondering, you know, what the heck do we give up for this guy? Do we give up, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars? Do we give up a draft pick? Like, what were we doing and why did we do it? Well, the reality is, folks, is we only gave $50,000 away in 2021 general allocation money. That's that GAM that we're talking about. If you're interested in GAM and TAM and God knows what else. Go ahead and flip back because that is the most convoluted episode we have ever done. <laughs> but he is on our team officially. And Jay, you know, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit of a little bit to hear a little bit of your thoughts on what this acquisition does. And I mean, if anything, I think this is more of a plugging the hole with Pizarro during his time over an international ball. It definitely will plug that hole. It, it, it will it will truly help. Um this is is a very interesting acquisition. I'm actually really, really happy about this. Um, he, yeah, you're right. So he kind of made his name with the Columbus crew, 193 appearances, 55 goals. He's been playing for DC United uh, this previous year. Uh, 10 appearances, two goals. So even though he's 35, he's still creating goals, uh, but came out of River Plate's Academy before went over to Nueva, Chicago, um, which is not in Chicago. That is just the name of a team in Argentina. Uh, then he went to uh, Basitkas, uh, which I believe is a Turkish team, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't want to actually look that up. Uh, played at Independiente, where we actually have some people that have come from uh, Independiente on this team. So he is a true number 10. Um, he can score. I, I don't think he's a prolific scorer, but he's a skillful player, a true creator. He will plug the hole for uh, Pizarro. Now, that's kind of the initial, right, once Pizarro's out. However, when Pizarro comes back, yes, Pizarro is the number 10 on our team, but Pizarro is not a true number 10, um, you know, by nature. He, he thrives more in the attack, and that's not, I'm not saying there aren't 10s out there that, that, that can attack, but just by nature, the number 10 is going to be the more creative, uh, you know, midfielder on your team, the glue that's kind of everything's playing through, you know, think of like Andrea Pirlo, uh, you know, something of that nature. And I think he's going to be a good facilitator of play. Uh, I do think he will contribute to some goals here and there. I think the um, experience that he has is going to be somewhere where he can be a mentor to a lot of our players. And I think that chemistry with his brother, uh, it'll be good to see because, you know, throughout their careers, they were both at River Plate Academy and they took basically two different paths, you know, with, with, Federico primarily playing, uh, you know, in some Argentinian clubs and then going to the MLS with, you know, Gonzalo obviously having a great career with your Real Madrid's, uh, your Napoli, your Juventus. So um, I could not be happier. Again, great way to plug the hole. But I still think even when Pizarro comes back, he'll be an effective piece of our team. And, you know, one of the biggest issues we've had this entire season is really creativity through midfield and how to get that ball from the defensive third onto the attacking third, and I think he's only going to help. So welcome to the squad, Federico. I know you're probably very happy, and so is, is Gonzalo, as well as your whole family, man. So it just seems like this is kind of a picture-perfect situation for the Iguain household. I love this move. We have struggled in the position that he fills. We did not give away that much to gain this acquisition. And I think the part that I really love the most, and sure, I'll give you, they haven't played on the same team. And I'm talking about Federico and Gonzalo for, God, probably about 15, 20 years since yeah. they were in the youth division. But yeah. 
these they're brothers. They're they're literal blood brothers. So with a team sangre that's ex- y sangre. So a team that's an expansion club that really lacks kind of chemistry, which we've seen to get, come together over the last few weeks. I think that this is going to be something that's far far different than any other player joining the club who people don't even know because they're going to have that relationship they're going to have that understanding and most importantly they're going to have the trust they are i mean they're they're, i I would imagine that that to be a very natural type of of chemistry Uh, i mean these guys you got to assume they grew up playing with each other playing football their their entire lives since they were could walk basically you imagine holidays man what imagine holidays oh dude i mean the, the the games i mean in at this point, I would have to assume that their father also has some skills. Yeah. Maybe even their mother as well. So, yeah, they're like, it's like, what's that? Um, oh, stepbrothers, a slap shot regatta or whatever. <laughs> they, like, they probably do that where they have like a little tape outline of a goal and they just blast PKs at each other and see who can stop it. I mean, it's going to be a good pickup. I mean, hell of a hell of a swoop, but just throw that into the bucket of already great acquisitions this team has made throughout the year. It's been uh, sketchy at first. There were some serious questions, but recently – Mickey, Mr. Paul McDonough, seems like the 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 maestro, the the puppeteer, if you will. I mean, he's doing what he does, and it's funny. We've been covering this team for God, I don't know, like a year and a half or so. We were on the mics before we even signed our first player, which is the Carranzas and the Pella Messis of the world. But we we've seen this team go from concerns of not having enough senior leadership to having too much senior leadership, to signing world-class footballers, to signing MLS all-stars. So we have seen this team go up and down, up and down. And I got to say, Jay, right now we are going far up, dude. Yeah, no, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's uh, it's all starting to come together. And uh, with this signing, notably, that takes up our last international slot. Hmm. So no Mas Internacional Jugadores, players. I don't know. I'm working on my Spanish. But uh, you know what? I'll take that one as the uh, as the final in there. It's uh, it's good. And we need it because, again, we're banged up. Um, a lot of injuries, which we're about to get into. Most notably, we already mentioned Luis Robles, fractured forearm, successful sur- uh, surgery, but, but no timetable uh, to return. But let's just kind of get into it. So – you know, uh, we're reaching back like a week and a half to go uh, over the NYCFC game. We lost 3-2 to NYCFC. Uh, struggle of a game. Highlight, though, was Lewis Morgan. Uh, played great. Uh, got a brace in that game. So uh, after the, the recent goal as well, is up to five total on the year for the team, I believe. First one, uh, very calculated strike just inside the box. A little uh, outfoot finesse curve if you on the ball and then the second uh shot which was often assist from Iguain, was just a laser to the top bin of the right upper v beautiful beautiful play tough loss but you know good to see uh morgan really stepping out of his shell because i'll say it once i'll say it again i said as soon as he gets his first goal more gonna roll in mm-hmm, once he gets mm-hmm. that confidence up and it's great to see him play uh, but, you know, there's really not too much to, to talk about. We don't want to uh, make this in- incredibly long. Um, so let's just go ahead and move on to the Houston game. Or not the Houston game, the, the New York Red Bulls game. But this was a revenge game because we lost 4-1. You know, I mean, that was a, a second half kind of rupturing. We kind of fell apart on the end there. So this was a bit of a uh, 
of a redemption game. Now, the the scary part of here is we this was Pizarro's first game off, right? So mm-hmm. he left. He mm-hmm. went to international duty. Uh, shout out to Pizarro uh, as well as El Tree, the Mexican national mm-hmm. team. They defeated the Netherlands one to zero. Netherlands, nothing to sleep on. Always a good quality team. Uh, but they got the win out there. The next game is Tuesday, October. Uh, well, that's not right. Versus Al- Al- Algeria might be. 13th or something, not third. Love the quick math. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're playing Algeria next. Uh, so good luck to Pizarro and El Tree. Always a fun team to watch, man. I mean, obviously, you know, I see them mostly when they play uh, United States, but they're a they're quality group out there. So Pizarro being out there is, is uh, you know, a little, little home feeling with that. So keep uh, kicking butt, doing your thing, buddy. We can't wait to have you back. Um, and on that, because, you know, you leave and there's quarantine protocols, and then when you come back from travel, there's quarantine protocols. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're a little lucky because the, the laws are a little more lax in Florida than some other states. So we look to be getting him back earlier than, say, like maybe a, a, a Pulido or, mm-hmm, you know, any mm-hmm. of the other, uh, you know, Mexican, Mexican mm-hmm. national team member, members that play in the MLS. So uh, we kind of got lucky with that. Keep everything the same, Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Don't screw us over. I saw Rui Diaz, you know, that entire na- international club, I think there's like four new COVID positive COVID tests, and he, Rui Diaz is actually one of them. So um, pretty wild stuff. And, I, Jay, that's a great point to talk again about Pizarro, not just going to the Mexican national team, but also having to come back, right? And let's remember that because there is a stent where these people, or I'm sorry, not these people, these players have to quarantine. They can't rejoin a team, which, where am I going with this? Bring it full circle is all the more importance of Federico Higuain is because right now, we are in the midst of a playoff run in our first season as a club, and that is huge. We cannot be down a number 10 for three or four games. That's just not going to happen. I think John McCarthy has played lights out, and we're going to get into more of his play later on the podcast. But to kind of go full circle about this whole thing, this is really the importance of the uh, of, of the Iguain signing to carry us to the through this rough path where we have you know six players out on injury one player suspended like you touched on and one player on international duty and obviously you know we got back lgp and players are going to come back from injury but that's huge man no it is absolutely massive and we've kind of been acting asking uh will trap to step up here and, and almost play that number 10 position which is not his natural position but he's been doing a good job of facilitating everything uh you know so again we're out pizarro right um lewis morgan fractures his arm and, and stop his time against NYCFC, which totally avoidable, but whatever. We're not going to even get into that situation. Uh, the reality is it's here, right? So now we're out two of our, our star players, one being our captain. Uh, adding on top of that, so we're going to have to look towards... Luis Robles. I'm sorry. Quick correction. Luis Robles. What did I say? Morgan. Morgan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Robles, yeah. Morgan, postman's a, a basically invincible man. He, he drinks his milk every morning. He gets his Wheaties in. <laughs> he um, might be on but, Wheaties pretty <laughs> soon. <laughs> But so then, you know, we, we were talking about LGP being suspended with yellow card accumulation after the NYCFC game. So now we're trying to plug in, plug and play here. Uh, we've also got George Acosta, the uh, the local boy, man, the Miami boy, mm-hmm. left knee injury. Mm-hmm. We got our favorite Canadian player of all time, Mr. David Norman Jr. David! Get back to us, man. Just come on the pod. Number one, baby. You're still number one in the hearts. Left ankle injury, so he's out. Denzo Ulysses, our uh, young uh, Haitian defender, lower left leg 
injury. Juan Agudelo, lower leg injury. Andres Reyes, leg injury. And then again, Luis Robles, fractured arm. LGP suspended. Pizarro, gone. This was tough, man. This there's was this was really tough to try and fill in these uh, these pieces, you know? There's a lot. And this is going back to the point of depth wins championships. You see this all around the world in every single sport that is played. It is never your starting lineup that is always there from start to finish. It truly matters who is on your bench and who's ready to step in. You know, Jay, you talked about Andreas Reyes, but, you know, we're going to talk about him. But A.J. De La Garza coming in in a big mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. You know, our captain, you know, El Capitone goes down and John McCarthy balls out like he hasn't since 2018. So there's a lot to look forward to about this club, Jay. But there is one moment in this game that I think had the entire country, if not world, on notice. Uh, without a doubt, but I must ask you to wait one second, Ooh. one second before we get to the good story. So here's how it shook out. We came out in a, a 3-4-3, so a nice little formation change, right? We've talked about how we would like to see three at the back. Um, big differences, but I think two, maybe three weeks, Christian McCoon was uh, loaned out to to Fort Lauderdale CF. So we pull him back up. Now he's going to take that, that – uh, the left back spot. We got Figal playing center back and De La Garza as our right back. De La Garza played solid. We move up to the midfield. We got Sweat. This is going left to right. Ben Sweat, Blaze Matweedy, Will Trap, Dylan Nealis. Uh, up in our attack, we got Mateus Pelomessi as our left uh, wing, left forward, whatever you want to call it. Iguain is our center forward. Morgan flanking Iguain's other side in his traditional position. Uh, this was interesting because this position listed – you know, three, four, three, but sometimes rotated into more of a uh, five, two, three with sweat and needless dropping back natural defenders, but it turns out they got some skills in the midfield as well. So this was a nice change from the typical, you know, four, two, three, one um, game was, uh, I mean, given the circumstances, I would have to be perfectly honest. My outlook wasn't as high as, as, as it, 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 should have been or resulted. I thought we were going to struggle here because I mean, mainly we got Christian McCoon, we got Nico Fagal, and, and, and AJ De La Garza had never started together, right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. never actually started mm-hmm. the same game together. So you got a back three that you don't have that cohesiveness you know, yet. Now, Blaise Matui has stepped up tremendously. He's been all over the field. Defense, mm-hmm. attack, obviously in the midfield. Goal line saved, we're going to go in the 18th minute. Like mm-hmm. diving mm-hmm. save. Beautiful. The ball was basically right Literally on, the, going uh, on the goal line going in. He stopped it. Uh, Nealis and Sweat, uh, I would rather them start in the midfield now. They played great. They were creating chances. I think you had to set. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But then dropping back in, in defense into their natural positions, uh, the one I've been most impressed with definitely over the past two games is, is Mateus Pelomessi, man. I mean, he really is moving all over the place. He's getting up to speed. You can see he looks more comfortable, chasing balls down left and right, getting in between the ball and the defender, drawing fouls, grabbing possession. Loved it. Uh, but, you know, of course, what is a Inter-Miami MLS fixture without a little referee controversy uh, there is a handball, a clear handball in the 55th mm-hmm, minute, mm-hmm. and the ref did not call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just more unfortunate ref. And I hate to be that guy, but that was a clear handball. Uh, Pella Messi gets his his, uh, his first goal. Mm-hmm. Now, the game prior, he did have a beautiful um, – or was it two games ago? They, they did a beautiful assist to uh, to Aguadello. But he finally got his first one. 
beautiful one time off a of Lewis Morgan cross, which you could see Gonzalo looked behind his shoulder, saw that he was there. He runs to the corner of the box, draws two defenders on him. The ball comes and he ducks down to let it go. Pella Messi with a beautiful one time off the left foot, just like Messi. That's why I call you Pella Messi, buddy. Um, what did confuse me, though, is Victor Yoya was uh, subbed on from Morgan. Um, you know, we really need Morgan. We're down Pizarro. Morgan seems to be one of the most consistent and best players on the team. So that was a little concerning to me to see that swap. He got subbed out, if I'm not mistaken, in the Houston game as well. Yeah, yeah. To, well, to, towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he put in that, you know, PK that we're going to get into. Yeah, yeah. After he won the game for uh, us, you know, exactly. Just a little something. Um, so, you know, uh, we're, 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 we're drawn up at this point, right? So, so Messi, Pella Messi. <laughs> Listen, and if you're going to use that phrase, go ahead and just – no, not you. Go ahead and TM us. That's the Inter-Miami podcast. Mateus Pellegrini, a.k.a. Pella Messi. I'm going to get a jersey made that says – Don't you already? Says Pella Messi. Not yet, (laughs) but uh, but I will get it. The internet's Um, a hell of a place. Yep. So, uh, you know, we we end up – you know, the game basically 1-1, and now it comes down to uh, basically a set piece towards, uh, you know, the end of the the, uh, second half. The moment we've all been waiting for. The moment Again. we've all been waiting for. I mean, I literally uh, stood up and um, there was a little child's mattress on the floor that we were about to get rid of, but it was right in front of the TV because <laughs> our dog's been using it as a dog bed. I was literally right above it. Uh, stood up and just a screamer free kick that Iguain nails and I dropped to my knees, just arms in the air yelling as Chloe's walking in the <laughs> side door from letting our dog out. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm just yelling on the floor. Oh, um, beautiful free kick. What's noticeable about this is, is I think the vast majority of free kicks you see are going to go over the wall towards the near post. This actually went around the wall to the far post and he just beamed it. It was calculated. Uh, you, you know, I mean, he's, he's made his career, uh, you know, off incredible goals. So this was just, some of these practice at the training ground a lot, and that is a hell of a way to win your first game. That's a hell of a – not first game, but I guess first game since he's been on the team maybe. Um, but a, a beautiful way to get your first MLS goal, the game winner, Rocket. One goal of the week in the MLS, man. I don't know. It just – it was beautiful. That's when you, something we watch – and it never gets old. Similar I, to the bomb on Miami. <laughs> That's infinitely rewatchable. Well, I think Ray Hudson said it the best. That was a thunderbolt of a shot. Holy shit. I think that that shot had the entire world on notice. And Iguain was just like, yeah, you know. I'm here. This is why you brought me here. I'm not on a vacation. I'm here to win games. So that is what you get for the highest paid player in the MLS. And the last thing that I wanted to mention actually was really something back that we talked about in our previous podcast was the idea of Pellegrini, you know, riding the bench, which I mean, hey, you know, his play was not up to the standard that we do need, but the idea someone like a, like a Juan Agudelo who you know I probably say is a little bit past his prime and we give the money that a young DP does demand such as Pellegrini and you know the thought process was is that you know let's see what we got in this kid you know is this someone who's going to help us help out our team today is that a next year thing but at least develop you know this youngster in some type of professional football yeah I mean 
So here's the thing, like, right? You see Gonzalo Higuain comparing MLS to to Serie A, mm-hmm. and obviously, to anyone that actually watches European soccer, you know that their talent level is <laughs> droves ahead of us, right? But he he did compare the physicality of the league, yeah. and that it is a, a rough league to play in. So I think it's tough uh, Which I for think the he likes too. I think he's getting accustomed to. You talking about Iguain or? Or, or Pellegrini. Yeah, no, Iguain, he's a bulldog. He will definitely battle. But now, as far as, you know, Pella Messi uh, is concerned, um, Mateus, I, I just think it took time to get accustomed to the league. You know, he hasn't had um, – you know, there was a, a few games where he, he wasn't starting, you know, and, and then it came off the bench some. But uh, now he's been thrusted back into the spotlight. And I think it's been – it shows that – you know, he's getting more comfortable because there's been a, a couple games now where he's all over the place. You look at his heat map, he's all over the field. He's making plays for us, defense and offense, starting to come to, uh, together. What was it? The the Aguadella goal against New York Red Bulls. Well, we were at your house watching that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he made that beautiful, you know, over-the-top, you know, lob pass to, to find Aguadella. And then comes in, gets a, a beautiful, you know, first-time shot off his left, and you can really see him starting to get the confidence. I think a lot is the confidence, but he's starting to blossom, and, and you know, I'm not going to say he's he's paid off the millions we paid for him, but he's, he's, he's starting to chisel away now. So I think bright things to come from him, and, and also notably he grew up idolizing Iguain, and he can't believe that they're playing on the same team. So he's going to learn so much from one of the most prolific strikers of the past 15 years, you mm-hmm. know, and as far as European soccer goes. This was absolutely the move, and I'm sure he got coached up, too, and I'm sure he took a little bit of self-reflection. You know, these professional athletes, the most critical people to them are really themselves, right? So if they're not playing to the level of quality that, you know, they understand that they're able to play to, you know, there's nothing we can say or nothing we can do or nor should we do that's going to bring these guys down and, and feel – themselves as they already do so you know the the Pellegrini side of the whole thing was awesome to see I know we've been we've been really excited to see what he's got and you know Jay it seems like that's like the player we know Gonzalo we know Pizarro is going to come back and be great and we know Lewis Morgan's you know a cornerstone of our franchise moving forward but really Pella Messi is the player that I think I'm most excited to see like what he does in the next game, right? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm also eager to see you know Carranza get fully comfortable as well as Robbie Robinson, right? So, um, you know, we've got. I'll tell you what, man. If you're an Inter Miami fan, then, then you have got to be basically by default an Argentina fan at this standpoint. I, I've I've been to Brazil a few times. I, I love Brazil. I would love to see a Brazilian, but hey, they're 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 neighbors and you know most heated rivalry as far as uh, football goes. Is between Brazil and Argentina. Argentina is doing us a solid right now, so I, I look forward to more success from these, uh, you know, players from our younger players all all, all together. Um, it's it's tough to really be a dominant force when you you know have three players that you know are studs, uh, and the rest you know kind of mediocre. What we're looking for is who are going to be the other two or three that are really going to step up and make an impact on this team, so that we've got potentially five or six really good players who are, you know, creating chances for us. And that's the, the, the interesting part to, to watch for. But at least we know that it's moving in the right direction because we received several questions around, you know, specifically Mateus Pellegrini and some of these younger players about, you know, fully coming out and getting into, uh, you know, the form they need to be in. 
Yeah, the the acquisition of Iguain and Jay touched on it a few minutes ago is not just about the quality and talent that he is over our player, but he also comes back to that leadership and, and mentorship for these younger players because, you know, we've, you know, listening to the podcast, we've all read plenty of articles and, you know, interviews with Gonzalo talking about that he's he's not just here to like take it easy. He, he is here to make his name known in this league and etches name in the history books of major league soccer so without a doubt and you know i mean r.i.p our boy roman torres lgp plays that mentor role in the back line he does right now you've got gonzalo Wayne playing the mentor role to robbie to uh carranza our forwards even to juan Aguadelo to some extent and now you got his brother federico who is going to be able to take care of the midfielders who you know are the players that we, uh, we've been talking about, like Pellegrini. I think Federico can teach Pellegrini a great deal about how to play in this league and how to play as a player and, and continuously improve. So, I mean, honestly, in all three-thirds of the field, I, I, I think that we have uh, not only solid players that can make an impact, but more so make an impact down the line to our younger players and play that mentor role. Yes, huge huge point right there jay and you know mentorship we talk about it every single episode just helps with the growth of these players and their ceiling just gets x so much higher but Mm -hmm. you know we do have another game to talk about oh yeah uh (laughs) it's been good times but uh, you know first and foremost shout out to all of inner miami the community Front office team, everyone, hey, we just got our first ever back-to-back win. Yes, we did. We're yes, about we to did. get into this Houston Dynamo win we got. We watched together. Uh, it's such a great feeling to get consecutive wins, especially in the crunch time of the season where we're trying to, to climb the charts. So uh, before we run through this, you know, still kind of playing plug-and-play, right? We still got mm-hmm. injuries. Mm-hmm. Pizarro's still gone. Robles is out for the season, I think. Well, we don't forget about David. David Norman Jr., our boy, is banged up. So we're still kind of, you know, struggling. But the good news was we were only out LGP for one game due to the yellow card suspension until probably three more games. Yeah. It's three more and gets <laughs> gonna suspended say, yeah. again. He loves getting yellows. He's a very aggressive uh, player. Like I've said many times, he would be the only inner Miami action figure whose hands are already <laughs> up in the air, like standard, not down by his side, but up in the air, calling you know, for some referee miscall or whatever. Uh, but really, no changes were made uh, on the you know, up front top three. It's still... Um, you know, Pella Messi on that, that, that left wing side. Iguain is our center forward. And then Lewis Morgan uh, flanking him as well. Uh, we did have one change in midfield. We swapped um, Ben Sweat for Breck Shea, who was a little banged up for the um, New York Red Bulls game. Uh, so he didn't really play. Um, and then we swapped McCoon out for LGP once he came back, but still sticking to that four or sorry, three four, three, rotating sometimes into a five, two, uh, three. And yeah, honestly, man, like it, it's working. Well, I don't know what it is. Everyone's just stepping up, rising to the occasion. But I really like the play to be able to go out there and get a win. Um, and notably, it was what Houston had two away road wins in their past 25 away or road games. So, uh, some minor changes, but um, look at us, man. We're, we're, we're coming together, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're playing really, really great football. And 
you know, it wasn't the prettiest of games, but we'll get into that. Yeah, and I think for everybody who was watching the game, I know us specifically on the Houston game, but I think that we could have landed up in ties in both these games. And we were on the offensive a lot in the Houston game, which we're about to jump into. But, you know, it's awesome to see our team inch out these wins when you know that's a difference of two points so if you want to think about it three ties equals one win so that is a huge difference in points but jay went ahead and rolled with it uh you know what types of changes we saw from the lineup from the red bulls into the houston dynamo looked like our formation was more on the three four three side we had uh, breck shea and dylan nealis hold back on occasion more for defensive support and when we kind of switched it up to a 5-2-3 throughout the match so some really nice coaching adjustments on the tactical side and you know hey you know jay don't look now bud but you know we're knocking on this playoffs door so there there's a lot to get into and dissecting regarding kind of the three different levels of the team defense midfield and attack but overall it's great to see us pull out our first I will repeat our first ever winning streak for Inter Miami, and it was uh, it was beautiful to see. It wasn't the most pretty game to watch. It did come down to our boy, the postman himself, always delivers, Mister Lewis Morgan. <laughs> Yes, and I know some people don't like that name, but so what? It's the postman, and he always delivers. But, you know, to kind of work our way from back to front, first off, Jay, super stoked to have LGP back in the lineup. Yeah, uh, can cannot – I mean, he is he is the really uh, one consistent – I say him and, and Nico Fagal have been the, the shining stars in our back line. But it was good to get him back. He can really – you know, lock down the, the, the back line a, a lot of times. And uh, it was good to see him back. You know, uh, Christian, I think, did a good job. But you could also see in that game that they were targeting McCoon because they knew he was he was younger and was more prone to mistakes, in which he did make a couple of mistakes. So good to have LGP back. Yeah, we, we all saw that. Um, Christian's one of our youngest players. I think he's actually only 20 years old on the dot. So, you know, we did know that he went down to the USL team to get some playing time which is a good thing because hey check it out we needed him in the big league so you know like jay said there were glimpses of the athleticism that we all know he possesses but you know his immaturity it kind of showed from time to time so you know we're more excited about what he will become versus what he is right now but beyond you know having lgp back in the back um gotta say man my Tweety played absolutely phenomenal. All um, over the place, bro. He, he he has just been a absolute just load in the middle of the field for He's teams got an to deal engine, with. Man. He's he, got an engine. He can he can get into the attack and then run right back on defense and help the back line out. It's people are questioning him. He's what, thirty three when he came in? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, players only come to MLS, you know, when, when towards the end of their career. You could some people might even call the MLS like the, you know, European graveyard, if you will, but 33 years old and when he first came in you know people were saying that they're probably gonna have to limit his minutes he probably can't go 90 minutes or go a full game no dude he literally has an engine that just does not stop and he is uh rightfully was awarded man of the match in Mm -hmm. this game but he's stepping up so massively because pizarro's out and he is truly uh, I don't even know if glue is the right word. I'd call him more like uh, a body of water with two electrical 
current or you know an electrical current going through he is a, a conductor of our offense and, and holds everything together and the transition seems seamless i mean i cannot give enough praise to this man who we got as a tam signing by the way best signing in the history of the league still blows my mind and if you're like me and you compare a lot of these players to the fifa rankings he's the top defensive player in the entire fifa 2021 so huge shout out blaze my tweety and it's been a while but just blaze just blaze and it reminds me he's the best three team three-star team in the game and we're definitely the best good. highest rated mls team i'm so, just saying just saying i think we're actually only a half point down from the u.s international team if i'm not mistaken <laughs> well i mean okay <laughs> but but on the Come real on, team. man no, there was a, you know, th th this is going to start negative, but you know us on the Inner Miami podcast, baby. We got to keep it positive. So let's start off by saying there were a couple of instances, Jay, that my Tweety's best moment did not shine around minute 20th. My Tweety lost the ball on the right outside of the box. Guy launched a laser. Don't know his name because guess what? He's not on Inner Miami, so screw him. <laughs> but. Dude lost to laser, obviously went far right, wide right, but fast forward 50 minutes into the 70 minute and bang, we're here we are again. And this really scared me because, you know, we kind of go back to those omens and like not jinxing anybody. And the announcer was starting to talk about how Inter-Miami is getting on their first winning streak, how we're coming up, how we're one of the best up and rising teams in the MLS. And, you know, don't look now, buddy boy, but on the 70th minute, Blaze my Tweety lost the ball again, and guess who was there to make the biggest save of his inner Miami career? John McCarthy. Guy played absolute bonkers, and thank God for him. He has been playing amazing. He is like the young American Oliver Kahn. Shout out to my Bayern Munich diehard fans out there, as well as the German national team of the 2000s rocking the hat which you don't see very often but he, he he looked great in it i think once the sun went down he took it off but hey i always love the keepers that want to rock a little a little cap with it and uh you know show, show that hat game man he, he looked good out there um he had some some incredible saves i believe this is the one you're referring to where uh he got his arm to the ball i mean pretty close shot but but was able to stop it um hell of a game man like what i think everyone was was pretty nervous once uh robles went out but you know what do you how do you see his his previous two games well two things first off I'm not gonna let that hat come and go without being touched on big shout out to the hat game out there big shout out to the hat game man we love our hats and just to see john out there rocking his inner miami gear makes us just have a big old smile on our face so besides that besides the hat game i gotta say 10 out of 10 stars, Jay, and not just because he put up a clean sheet in his Houston Dynamo game and holding the New York Red Bulls to one goal and getting us two dubs, but probably the coolest thing that I saw John do during this two years, two, two game span was he actually got on Blaze Matuidi's ass. After he gave up both of those steals close to the goal, John did not let Blaze go without hearing it, which as any goalkeeper and anybody who's played the position before knows, 
that you have to talk about that. You cannot let that go without being noticed because, hey, guess what? You don't want that to happen again. So I really, really love the fact that John was, you know, man enough to say, hey, Blaze, I know you're a World Cup winner, bro, but you got to do better in those instances. So yeah, needless little, to say. I'm, I'm glad that it didn't result in like a heated argument, though. Well, of course you know, not. Blaze right? is We're, professional enough to, to, to Well, to I think that. to your point right there, Blaze is mature enough. John's been in professional soccer for a long time to know mm -hmm. that that's not going to go off the pitch, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're in the heat of the moment, you need to communicate with people. And, you know, sometimes you see subs or, or second teams, you know, not be as vocal as the starters. And, you know, that goes back to the whole conversation that we've talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks and uh, more about body language and, you know, how you're communicating out on the pitch, not just throwing your hands in the air, but actually being constructive into, hey, how are we going to prevent this attack from getting this far, you know, next time? Or, hey, how can we solve this problem on the defensive side when we're trying to clear the ball out and push it into the middle and the front, but actually have those communication dialogues going on in the game? No, it, it, it's very important. It, it really is. And, I mean, to see him step up and take that leadership role has been great. And, and of course, Blaze, I mean, like, the you know, the game before made, like, the goal line save. So I, there's, no, there's no, like, it's not like they, they hate each other or anything. But it, it's just uh, that that's what you want to do as a keeper. You want to try and, and, and be verbal with the defense to, to tell them, you know, what goes on. And, and one thing about Blaze, while those are very fair points and fair mistakes, you know, the, I think the, the positives – vastly outweighed that which is why he earned the the man of the match um you know award or, or whatever you want to call it. but one thing that i you know really stuck out to me and i meant to mention this in the new york red bulls game was that when gonzalo Iguain was subbed out um blaze was the next in line to be the captain and gonzalo handed trap the band as he walked off and then blaze walked up to take the band but then Blaze said, you know what? No, never mind. You you wear the, the, the captain's armband, Will Trap. And I think that says a lot about his class because Will has basically been benched the past few games for Victor Yoya, with Blaze being the other CDM in our in our double pivot, or you know, I know the formation changed a little bit. But I think Blaze realized the effort that Will has been putting in in practices to get back into into the lineup and um you know, I, Blaze won't get upset at a keeper doing what a keeper's rightfully supposed to do. I think Blaze is just class through and through. Um, and the fact that they can communicate like that already, because Blaze has only been here a handful of weeks, really. He's not a day wonder. But the fact that they can communicate like that, have no beefs, no, you know, grifts or whatever, and get back right to it, that says a lot about where this team's come. Well, I guess that's the point, right? Both of these professionals had the maturity yeah. to, you know, communicate with each other and at a very hyphen level, right? This wasn't like, hey, buddy, like, why don't you go ahead and do this? No, no, you know, I, it was I, like, hey, yeah. yeah, it was like, dude, get your ass over here, play some D, and let's fucking win this game. But game, recognize game, baby. Li listen, this was a knockout performance by John and Jay. Do you know when the last time John saw some MLS action was? Um. I, I honestly cannot confidently answer that. Thought, well, good thing I can. It's in September 2018. So that's crazy. Huge games by John. We're looking forward to having him back in goal, but obviously looking forward to the time that Luis Robles will rejoin the team. He is our captain, and no oh, captain, no oh, captain, we do need you. There was one little piece, Jay, that I did want to touch on, man, that got us kind of a little bit confused was – 
we didn't know that we signed a junior on this club. Besides David Norman Jr. Oh, the GOAT himself. The, the GOAT? Scoot over LeBron. <laughs> uh, isn't, what is it? Is, uh, oh, yes. Okay. I, so I know where you're going at now. I, I'm, I'm not, I'll, I'll let you have it. I'm like, okay. I know what you're saying. Now. I don't know if anybody else was tripped up, but we had our man AJ Delegarza starting <laughs> for the second time against Houston. And, you know, I don't know who made the decision, if it was the club, if it was the team, or if it was actually him, but, we got kind of confused when we saw the starting lineup roll out, and we had a JR on our team. Bro, I, I like I thought it might be like Denzel Ulysses. I was like, what do, what do you mean JR? Like, like, obviously, we love the team. We love the community. We, we, we love the club itself. But um, being two guys that work in the IT industry um, have been responsible for helping some of the best companies build mobile applications, uh, Inter Miami's gotta step up a little bit here like how do you not basically what happened was whoever was inputting the names decided to go with the suffix i believe it's not the prefix it's the suffix because i'm the fourth that's my suffix quinn is the fifth technically instead of putting de la garza as the last name they just put jr like that was just complete user error Dude, I thought we signed some player that we just like, totally is missed. Is this J.R. Smith back from the bubble? Wow. J.R. Smith back from J. the bubble. Popped down Smith from Orlando. Is, is, is our right back. Dude, Shirts off in, and everything. Holding the trophy before it was actually released. Uh, Jay, that might be too soon for the, the Miami community. But uh, I won't touch okay. on that. I won't touch on that. But no. We got a new winning team down here, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> yes, we do. It's called Inner Miami, baby. But uh, not to, to, to kind of be held up too much on that jr we're actually kind of curious to see if that comes up on wednesday in our next match but uh yeah aj de la garza has been stepping into that role and playing fantastic i mean join he really kind of stepped in with more of the yellow card situation with lgp and then kind of just continued his reign with andreas reyes being out with injury but he has been a bright spot to say the least on our defensive back line which most of us consider as of till late probably the most talented level on our club so you know kind of moving a little bit forward you know not too much to touch on in the midfield we, we already did talk about blaze Matuidi, but there was one greek brother of mine mr will trap that has been playing actually out of his damn mind and it's been great to see him out there it has been he, he's really stepped up he's again been facilitating that that role of the midfield what is it Tsikos or whatever you greeks say to each other take us what are you start are you saying Takanis? Takanis, there we go take us I, I knew it was something like that well it's it means fine. thank you but i don't know what reference you're going <laughs> for <laughs> <laughs> but no it, it's been great to see him step up um again yeah i think he had some struggles uh yo was getting the start because blaze and tweety came in but he stepped up where he's needed to be and, and has really taken charge of everything. Um, you know, and to be perfectly clear and frank, this game wasn't beautiful for either team. It was a struggle. It was fractured or fragmented. Nothing – there was – no team really got a, a good, nice kind of even flow going out, not to quote Pearl Jam or anything, but really got into their groove. It was a battle. Uh, we ended up getting the W off a, a penalty kick. That surprisingly – Gonzalo was not the one to take. <laughs> it was not. And that which I don't like I feel kind of bad. Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. We're going to get right into that, but I need to give our man Will Trap the credit that he deserves. 
Will Trapp has been a true professional and, you know, we only look at the two hours on the pitch every single day as, you know, most of our listeners being the casual fans do, but there's so much that goes behind the scenes of a successful club. And, you know, in speaking with players on the team, Will Trapp is one of those instrumental people in this organization. He, fun fact about Will Trapp, actually, you know, we had talked about it previously, but he has been a part of the U.S. national team before. And this was a awesome milestone, actually, in his career. He just racked up his 200th MLS regular season appearance, which has actually contributed to his third consecutive start for Inter Miami. Let's go, Will Trapp, baby. Also, friend of the pod. We've had him on. Go listen to that Will Trapp interview. Huge. If you don't love him as a person, then you're a horrible person. <laughs> He's like the nicest guy then You ever. just have a horrible indicator of what a good person is because <laughs> Will is one of the best human beings you will ever encounter. Uh, he is a talented uh, soccer football player, yep. Yep. and he is always about you know bettering himself and, and pushing himself further. So well, he's about um, the team, and we've seen that consistently. I mean, for for an international, well, again, Blaze said like Blaze exactly. recognized that and was like, you know what, you deserve to wear the captain armband more than me. Blaze knows he's a better player, but as far as what Will's done for this club, the effort he's put in. To lose his spot to Blaze, then fight back to get reinvolved, mm-hmm. speaks volumes about him, man. It does, and you know we had talked about it too. I mean, the Uyoya and Will Trap combination just was—it it was never going to be the combination yeah. to get us mm-hmm. where you know we need to be. But in the same breath, we did say that most that these two players are very important to our club and just because they shouldn't be starting in the starting 11 playing together doesn't mean that they shouldn't be on the same team together doesn't mean that they shouldn't be on the same pitch together but i myself have really enjoyed the change up from will trap from uyoya and you know just putting ourselves in in will's shoes to see the amount of effort that must have gone on to reclaim that starting spot for something that he wanted so damn bad and why he came down here in the first place yep, yep. is truly a testament to not just will but really overall how this team is advancing as a group so we're thrilled to see him out there and jay mentioned it you know go ahead and flip back a few episodes we did have an interview with mr will trap so go ahead and check out that cool content how many mls players actually check that how many football players soccer players whatever you want to call it across the world and all the most popular leagues in the world can say that a world cup champion has pass the rightful captain's armband to you not many not many at all i would i'd be realistically guess in the past 10 years probably less than 10 times oh yeah i mean the fact that that happened from that player speaks volumes it does It, it really does and again it shows just the pure class that our team has and you know, if there's any other segue than talking about class, Lewis, oh, Lewis, I got to be honest, Jay, there was no damn way this ball was not going behind the goalkeeper in that penalty kick that won us the grudge match of the Houston Dynamo. Yeah, I mean... It was really refreshing to play a new team we haven't played before. But, I mean, 
bro, what else do you expect from the postman himself? The GOAT. He's going to deliver. This is not, you know, standard day mail. This is priority <laughs> rushed overnight off his right foot into the back of the net. Dude's ambidextrous. He is even so polite that I, rumor has it, that he emailed the tracking number to the keeper. <laughs> wow, dude, that is that is some shit talking. Package to the max, has left bro. the facility. Damn. Package we, is in your no, goal. We should do. We should send the goalkeeper the ball and just <laughs> sign it <laughs> and be like, it was, yeah, "La familia." It was. It was beautiful. Um, I was honestly expecting uh, Iguain's redemption. Um, but felt very comfortable with 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 Lewis. I mean, I'm I'm I've been a big big Lewis guy. I think he is consistent. Well, on that note, Jay, what were your? Th- there was a lot of mixed bags with this decision to have Lewis, you know, take the shot. What what it was your take in selecting Lewis versus Gonzalo? Um, I low key think Lewis is the best person on the team. Uh, I think Ooh, Gonzalo. Take, I, I, I think Gonzalo has potential to to take that. I think Pizarro has potential to take that. But you want to talk about game in, game out, impact on the team, creativity of assisting balls for goals. Lewis, I think, has been involved in probably a rough guess off the top of my head, seventy percent of our goals. I think in the past, uh, what was it? I, I saw some stat. I can't remember what it was, but it's like past three or four games, he's been involved in in every goal, whether it be an assist or or a shot. Um, we, you were with me, uh, the night he had his first brace and I jumped up and, and, and was ecstatic. Uh, he got his second brace, jumped up in the ecstatic. I, I, this guy is so, um, clutch and so calm, you know, he, he'll, he'll come out and maybe, you know, he's had made, he did make a few bad crosses in the game, but for the most part, percentage wise, about 90% of his crosses are, are, are accurate and on target. Um, I, I was I thought it was going to be Gonzalo. I thought it was going to be his redemption. Obviously, he's probably the best attacker we have on the team. But uh, in the circumstances of the game, we, you want to make sure you make it and it's consistent. I don't think it's a knock towards Pizarro. Um, but I I was not nervous in any way. I was a little surprised. I thought it would be Gonzalo. But I was not nervous in any way with Lewis up there because he's so calm and collected. And he buried it in the back of the net. Had the keeper going the wrong way. He it, has not done many wrongs. It was absolutely the right choice. Listen, Gonzalo wanted that shot. Everybody yeah. thought that Gonzalo was going to get that shot. But to your point, Jay, Lewis has been a day oneer and the best player for our team since day one. So we have a huge supporter from across the seas, and she talks to us every single week. We got two. We got two. You're absolutely right, Jay. And they talk to us every single week. And we got to say just thank you. Just thank you for sending your boy on over here to let us take care of him. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, I, I've expressed it to you guys already. So I know you're listeners and, and I will continue to express it. I absolutely love your son, uh, Veronica Morgan. Uh Lewis's mother. Um, I mean, I, I showed her a picture of the jersey I got. Like, I, we, we love him. And then Ellen uh, as well, family, friend. Uh, thank you so much to uh, the Morgan family and friends. You guys have shown us 
nonstop love and support since day one. And, and thank you so much for that. It, it does mean a lot to us and we're very happy. Yeah. And speaking of the chemistry growing between the Morgan family and the Inner Miami podcast, we got some chemistry growing on the pitch. And that is by Mr. Gonzalo and Lewis. There was a beautiful, a absolute beaut of a pass, a little give and go. Unfortunately, it did not go in. It was, I think, actually deflected, but not all the way positive. I actually think it was, yeah, it was deflected actually off the, the side of the net, but uh, absolutely beautiful. It's just kind of a testament to seeing the, 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 the chemistry that we are hoping for and seeing firsthand, you know, at work. But, you I mean, know. You, yeah, I understand, dude. Like, so we just finally got all of our pieces, right? Like, we don't even have a lot of weeks behind us as far as cohesiveness. So we've got all these pieces that are now starting to gel and starting to get better. So like, it's literally, we can only go up from here. The, the, the more that we play, the, the, the better we're going to get. And we have the right pieces to be a serious threat. I think we're up. Uh, I want to say like four spots on the power rankings now. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe less that like somewhere right around there. Like, we're improving. Everyone's saying the tide is turning. You can see the confidence improving. Like we're, we're, we're going to be good. Well, I'll, I'll take playoffs this year. Next year is going to be our year. Yeah. We're actually sitting right now at number 19 on the power rankings out of 26. So sandwiched again, that seems to be the highlight word of the show, but sandwiched in between Montreal and Atlanta. So we're talking huge about chemistry well, uh, and Nationals sneakily in there with one game less played between us. Well, and those Atlanta. are the standings. We're talking about the power rankings oh, that oh, okay. MLS yeah, did gotcha, release. Gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha. Gonzalo Iguain, though, just to kind of recap a little bit, moving uh, a little bit backwards, but not just his goal scoring ability and obviously what he's done on the pitch, but more importantly, it's changed the mental aspect of our game. You had talked about it oh, a little yeah. bit earlier with, you, you know, the Pellegrini goal where Iguain looked over his shoulder and saw what was happening. That's the maturity level that is not going to get talked about in the stat mm -hmm. book. It's not mm -hmm. going to get talked about, you know, as the announcers yell goal while, you know, Pella Messi's banging his first one in, but those are the differences that do occur in the course of a match that is a difference between a win, a loss, and a tie. So well, you know what it is, honestly, is 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 if you don't actually understand the sport and you don't watch it, then you you know, you maybe you just play FIFA or something and you see your big name European talent coming over and what you expect is three goals every single game, right? Well, that's just not the reality of really the sport in general. Um what is more important than the goals Gonzalo is going to bring to this team is his overall impact on the rest of this team. You saw him free up Pellegrini, a.k.a. Pella Messi, by drawing two defenders over to one side of the box and leaving him open. When Gonzalo gets the ball, defenders freak out because they automatically know, like, this is Gonzalo Iguain. We have to pay extra attention to him. It's the same thing as if Julio Jones or uh, – Michael Thomas, uh, you know, they're going to draw double coverage and that's going to open up opportunities for someone else. So the impact of, of Gonzalo Higuain is not only his goal scoring ability, it's what he can do for the team to open up more chances. And we're starting to see everything unfold in a team that we were expecting from week one, but it's been a really weird year and we've all been holding on like champs, shout out the whole community. And we're finally starting to see the inertia or the tide go in our favor. Yeah, and if you didn't quite catch that reference, I was a football American 
uh, reference point there. Yeah, sorry. Atlanta Falcons. I mean, if you don't know who Julio Jones is, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but anyway, the, the other point in the attack, Jay, that I want to touch on before we, we get into our preview of our little brother, Atlanta United, but is my just excitement, not just with LGP back on the pitch, but, dude, it seems like every single time we have a corner kick, he has his head on the ball. Now, Unfortunately for us, it hasn't translated into an immediate goal, but there was a little bit more to that statement. Now, if you were paying attention to the Houston Dynamo game, in minute 28, there was a huge controversy. LGP looked to get dragged down by Kiki Strutna. That's his name, Kiki Strutna, who is for the Houston Dynamo. No foul called. No foul called at all. And Jay and myself bounced up, and we were screaming. We were hooting and hollering, just like I'm sure everybody else did. But guess what? We got our revenge. Because come minute 57... And how that PK did occur was off of a corner kick where LGP was dragged down by the same Kiki and that penalty was called. So karma is beautiful, man. Karma is beautiful, but also better than karma. You know, great job, LGP, being in the right spot at the right time, because it literally seems like every single cross that we hit, either Brexche is doing a, a, a damn scissor kick or what is he doing? A little jumping jack <laughs> in the jumps, air, whacking his jacket. little Viking head across yeah. the, the pitch. But the, it the seems is, that he's there. The thing is, like, LGP must be one of the most hated players to play against. Oh, I would hate He's pesky. Him, he's dude. in your face. He's fouling you. He's very Talking physical. Smack. Um, exactly what it's about. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, again, I hate being that guy. We've talked about we don't want to be that type of podcast or those types of fans, but there have been some refereeing decisions and, you know, VAR decisions that haven't gone our way. So the fact that we can still fight through it, be resilient, get around it and still get a W says a lot about this team. And um, we would obviously, we would love those calls, but there's an extra sense of pride when you still can win a game, even if calls don't go your way. There is, there's a sense of pride, but it's also a sense of just never give up. It's, it's just, listen, when the, when the, when the, when the cards are, you know, coming down on the table, right, and, you know, you think that you got no sh shot of winning, you know, it's that attitude of never giving up because in the Red Bull games, in the Houston Dynamo games, we have talked about a little bit ago, but these, these games were headed for ties. You yeah. know, Dynamo was sitting back in the defense. We out we, I think we, we had like 65% possession by the end of the game or something like that. So it definitely showed oh, that. Oh, game stat-wise, has been ridiculous. Like, we're, we're, we're always up in possession. We're always up and shots the issue's been converting those shots to goals which is now starting to happen so as far as statistically if you weren't watching any game and just watching the stats or looking at the stats and like we're we're right where you want to be now we now it's just coming to fruition all this delay all this hardship mid-season acquisitions everything's you're starting to see the picture man you're starting to see what inter miami is and what inter miami will be Absolutely. It's only going to get better. Absolutely. And again, this is our first year. Just watch out, MLS, until year two. Two can, three, baby. Cannot wait. So We've got Gonzalo for this year and the next years after that. And I'm pretty sure the same thing with Blaise Matuidi. Yes, we do, And sir. as long as some European club doesn't try and steal Lewis Morgan from us, unless it's Chelsea. Don't let it fight happen, every other, Veronica. I will fight every other European club unless it's Chelsea. 
you're not taking my boy. Ellen, Veronica, don't let it happen. He has a home down here. We can't wait for this COVID crap to be over so you can come down here and see Lewis play for yourselves. But Little does Lewis know he's going to love the Spanish ladies. I, he doesn't know it yet, but he will. I'm pretty sure he has a oh, wife. Yeah, that's hard. But that is right. Never Never mind. Rude. Scratch all that. <laughs> I changed that. Lewis, Anyways, you're as good as a man as we forward. expect. Stay with, your, stay with your girlfriend, fiance, or wife. All right. Awesome. We're now moving forward. We're now moving forward to our next match, which comes to us on Wednesday, October 14th. We're oh, sorry. I'm interrupting this for breaking news, by the way. Uh, Lucho just responded. And we are going to be sharing the Vamos Miami video on all social media. So if you listen to this episode, go check it out on Facebook or Instagram. Maybe it comes over to Twitter. We'll see. But he's an absolute legend, man. He, if you're an Inter Miami fan, you will absolutely love this. If you show it to someone who has no idea about Inter Miami, they might not think it's that funny. But uh, yeah, but at least maybe you'll get the joke right now. Vamos Miami. <laughs> Anyway, big shout out Lucho. He is a huge supporter of the podcast, just like each and every one of you. We love seeing that type of stuff, man. It is it is crazy. The amount of conversations we have during the course of a match night is truly fantastic. So we oh, yeah. say it every episode, you know, don't be shy. Tweet at us now, Instagram DM us, Facebook, whatever you want to go ahead and do. But we do have another match coming up in a few days. This podcast is releasing on Tuesday morning october 13th but our next match is wednesday october 14th at 8 p.m eastern standard time it is a home game against our little bros atlanta united now a lot of you have been wondering and asking us you know hey what do you see in atlanta you know is there going to be a big difference from the times that we played them before but before we get into that quick update on where atlanta is their season record is five wins nine losses three ties and currently they are sitting in the 10th place in the east so yes this is a huge game for us they just lost the new york red bulls one to zero on saturday so same night that we were taking care of business of the houston dynamo they were go ahead and putting in another l so you know at this point people are probably asking themselves what is our record right now against atlanta united well I'll go ahead and tell you they have two losses and one tie which all you people out there doing quick math, that means that we have two losses and one tie as well, got, which means that we are owning them. We have two wins and one tie. Correct. They have two losses and one tie. Yeah. Go back to sleep, Jay. <laughs> anyway, the <laughs> biggest change that we did have was in this lineup, there is a man named Piti Martinez. Piti Martinez is no longer there. Welcome Marcelino Moreno. I think I did that right. But he is the newest DP signing of Atlanta United. He's a 25-year-old, catch this, Argentinian, who was, a require, who was acquired to replace PT. Uh, he's coming out of transfer... Um, Coming, coming from a transfer, 25 years old, like we had talked about out of the Argentinian League, uh, Moreno was acquired on September 22nd. He will be wearing the number 10 jersey, and as we said, he was signed from the Argentinian side, Lannis. Now, this isn't going to be your goal scorer. I think he actually only has four goals to his name in international Argentinian play, but he is a playmaker, and he is someone to watch on this field, just as P.T. Martinez was. And the cousin of Noshaw Moreno. 
Is he really? No, I made that up. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> what? I'm pretty sure Noshon's from Georgia, but anyway, that that is the biggest difference that we can expect from Atlanta United this time around. Again, this will be our fourth time playing them this season, so we do know what to expect. They have gone through a bunch of turbulence, including losing their head coach, including their two best players are lost. So we'll go ahead, try them out, hopefully get that dub. And we now interrupt this podcast for your pro women status update. I would like to share that this is actually pretty awesome. Uh, Jill Ellis, the ex-coach of the United States women's national team, the same coach that brought the United States to FIFA Women's World Cup Championships in 2015 and 2019, is in the running to be the new D.C. United head coach. And I'm honestly not sure of the history here, but this very well might be the first potential female coach of an MLS team, which I think is uh, incredibly awesome. And uh, if you're American, you love Joe Ellis because you love the women's national team. We do great. So shout out to Joe Ellis. We wish you the best of luck on the interview process. And I would love to see her coaching an MLS team one day because I think she's a very good coach. And I think it's a great statement for, you know, women to get into more of the coaching spots in, uh, in the MLS and, and really all of all of major sports. So big shout out, Jill Ellis. Yeah, I, do, I don't really know where that pivot went, but we were talking about Atlanta United. And I wanted to shout out Jill Ellis, <laughs> right, the women no. who would like to get into sports that are historically been ran by men. So big shout out to Joe Ellis and all the women out there loving sports and want to get involved. All right. Well, I guess Jay's moving ahead to our yeah. newest Good luck segment. Good something bad about that, bud. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> which is called news around the league. There we go. <laughs> and Jill is leading us off, but Jay has already nailed that one. So, oh, I, oh goodness, did I miss that? Did yes, you did. Oh, but dude, I'm it's sorry. fine, dude. Sorry, you don't, man. you don't follow the script anyway, bro. So it's I cool. Uh, anyway, you know, really quick, we are gonna start providing an update of news around the league at the end of every podcast. We're really interested in the MLS. We know a lot of the listeners are too. So hopefully, this can be a quick little synopsis of everything that's going on. So before we jump off. Off the mics, quick little update on the MLS power rankings. Uh, we had talked about it early in the podcast, but Toronto FC has just clinched the first playoff berth out of any team in the MLS. They are number one, followed by the Philadelphia Union, which we all we know all too well, followed by Portland Timbers, then Orlando City, and then the Seattle Sounders rounding off your top five. Inner Miami, as you may be questioning, is sitting at the 19th slot out of 26 and yes again to use that great word that we've been using all podcasts sandwiched between montreal and atlanta which mm, are sweaty. very very important matches that we have remaining on our schedule but quick little update to what jay was talking about a little bit earlier with jill ben olston uh, has been removed as the dc united head coach he was it was 10 years. It was a decade in charge of the he was club. A legend. He was a legend. He did some great work out there, but bye-bye, Ben. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. It is, and you know we know our experience of DC United. They stole a victory from us. They stole a victory from us in our game, too. Um, but moving on a little bit, uh, well, the biggest match of last week, I hope you everybody actually had the chance to watch this game because it was great. Uh, LAFC took down Portland in their 
fifth straight win in a row is the match of the week. LAFC is pretty banged up. Portland, obviously, is just the same. Losing players, you know, like Rui Diaz to the international side, like us in the Pizarro situation. But LAFC did take care of business. Carlos Vela is away as well. He was actually called up to the Mexican national team rather immediately. So he was not playing in that game. Um, moving forward, won some money on this, Jay. We haven't talked about my degenerate side in a while, bud. But Sporting Kansas City is one point behind Portland off of a beautiful goal in the 78th minute. It was an absolute stunner. Put them ahead 2-1 to one to win that victory. And last but not least, we got to get some shout out to our young players in the league. Caden Clark. I'll repeat that. Caden Clark was seven. I'm sorry, not was, is 17 years old, signed with the Red Bulls that same day in signing his, com his, his contract, he hits the game-winning goal. What were you doing to 17, buddy? <sighs> was I doing on 17, man? I was probably, oh, man, I don't know. I don't probably know. not that. Pro probably not that. What and, was um, I doing on 17? do want to also give a, a, another PSA is uh, children, don't, don't gamble don't grow up with a sports gambling addiction unless you gamble like me just just be responsible <laughs> i promise you you won't regret it just don't there's some things you should probably just not listen to when alex talks and and, and don't get hyped up on his gambling habits and there's some things that you know you might miss in your life you know just like you know the plus 115 for sporting kansas city that line was hot okay i'm gonna reiterate those lines aren't hot kids be smart save your money okay <laughs> anyway we're talking about Caden clark here 17 year old kid stud he joined not the Red gambling because he's a responsible man well who knows goals. maybe he actually bet on himself you never know that's highly illegal let's not even spec on that fifth youngest player to score a MLS goal in his debut and that really brings us really around the league and back to inner Miami Jay what's that news bud there is no more news that's the point okay well fun question for you who is the youngest player to score in the MLS history Freddie Adu I definitely saw your screen I'm about to bleep that out you're a cheater uh <laughs> anyway very, very long episode. Had to play some catch-up. Feels good to get back on the mics. Uh, again, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Inter Miami Podcast. On Twitter at Inter MIA Podcast. Check out the website, intermiamipodcast.com. Shoot us an email, J and Alex at intermiamipodcast.com. We do not joke around. We get back with every fan that reaches out to us. We enjoy the conversation. We enjoy the banter. We are churning up. We are hot, hot, hot. Not like the stock market, but we are going up, baby. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're losing it right we now. We, were, we got about an hour and a half on the we're, mics. We're we're, we're, half, yeah. I'm sure you've heard our excitement throughout this entire episode. We're we, going to share on social media. Yes. Vamos, Miami from it. Lucho Vice, member of Vice City. So, so if you missed it. Go ahead and check it out. Check it's it out. It's going to be on our social. We got the thumbs up. We haven't got the thumbs up from Pearl Jam yet to play their music, but it's cool. We I, got Lucha. I can tell you, it's 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 even better. The first time is good. The 47th <laughs> time is even better. <laughs> It'll, it will grow on you. It will grow on you. This is the video of all videos, but... Thank you, thank you, and thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Inner Miami Podcast. And 
as we leave you each and every week, vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami.